Please be seated. Thank you. It's like a party in here. You've been on your feet for a while. The spirit in here. Bishop, if you could feel it. If you could feel it. Happy Father's Day. My name is Ohenia Asari, and I'm uh, privileged to be the head of the men's ministry. And I'm, um, when Bishop talked to me about speaking today, it's a, it's a regular occasion um, on Father's Day. And, but I'm, I'm super emotional today. First and foremost, I just want to give thanks and honor um, our bishop. Thank you, Bishop, for being a father to me. Um, I honor my, my natural father. Uh, Reverend Dr. Seth Asari. Um, up in heaven, I know, watching. Thank you. Um, thank you, Dad, um, for all that you did. I honor my spiritual fathers, many of you in this room that followed me. I particularly honor uh, Minister Boris Collins, who gave me a book called Authentic Masculinity, and uh, many years ago, and continues to walk behind you. I pray, Bish I pray Pastor Boris, that your recovery is going well, let's be in the spirit of prayer. Father God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart may be acceptable to you. Let the words of all of our hearts, of our mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. Oh Lord, our refuge and our redeemer. Amen. So today is Father's Day, and a happy Father's Day to you who are celebrating, everyone. Um, I know it's not mixed. Some people have mixed experiences of Father's Day. We remember those we've lost. Some people don't have great memories of their father. That's why I'm so privileged that Elder Roy did such a good job talking about our Heavenly Father. And so we're going to talk about some of that today. Today is also a day we celebrate Juneteenth. And it is so important. Many of us will say, you know, um, I don't know what Juneteenth is. I, don't, I, I didn't grow up celebrating it, and I'm one of those in, in that camp. Um, but let me tell you that in Juneteenth, you know, the scripture says that you should mourn with those who mourn and celebrate with those who celebrate. There are African Americans who've been celebrating this for over hundreds of years, who've been celebrating this quietly. Franklin Park, you can go there every year. There's a party set up. Now the rest of us have caught on. It's a rare holiday we have a chance to mourn and celebrate all in one. You can fulfill that scripture there. So I implore us as people of God to find out what it is. Make ourselves available to reach people where they are. What is this holiday about? And show up. We have a chance to walk with those who are going through. It is something powerful in our, if you are around and you want to celebrate, uh, we, we partner a little bit with First Church of Cambridge, 11 Garden Street, and our brother Sumner McLean will be up there uh, speaking this afternoon. They're having a, 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 a memorial at their church of some of um, their, 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 their enslaved persons that were in their graveyard and, and doing a whole Juneteenth service. So if you are free and you desire to celebrate, I know some of us will be over there, um, the First Church of Cambridge at 3 p.m. today. Great expectations, great expectations. Now, I know you've been dancing stuff, so I know we just settled down for a minute, but I, I'm a very active person, so bear with me. Okay, I don't want, I'm, I'm, good, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to stay focused and get out of here quickly. Okay, 
Whenever pastors say that, people are scared. But I, I, I'm, I'm not a pastor, so you don't have to be afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. Great expectations. So this, this title, this sermon, um, is a collection of discussions I'm having with the men's group. So there are a bunch of men in here that are accountable. So I'm not going to say the name. So if it's bad, you can, you can blame them, you know, as well as me, okay? We've been working this out. Every time I've talked about it, it has changed and morphed and altered. Even as late as this Thursday, I said, Bishop, I have a different set of slides because I was in community uh, with the men. When someone suggested it, I think Brother Fred Opie said, Great Expectations. That's a good title. I immediately thought of the book by Charles Dickens. And if, if you know the book by Charles Dickens, you can show that slide. Um, it's a story of a young man who, um, called Pip, who is an orphan. Right? He's an orphan, and, and he, he's living on the street. All his family is dead. And so because of that, Pip's expectations for his life are low. He has low expectations. But he finds out he has a secret benefactor who is, giving, who is sending him funds every month and with the goal of you become great. You become a leading gentleman in English society. So Pip has low expectations, and suddenly someone is giving him funds to make sure he has great expectations. So let's understand that. He has low expectations, and suddenly he has a benefactor who is anonymous, funding him so he can have great expectations. I was talking to Bishop about that. Bishop was like, oh, that'll preach. Isn't that like God? We have a heavenly father who says, I have some great expectations and I am willing to bless you and fund you into it. But you see, in the men's group, as we were talking, we realized that that is not how we see God. Let's, can we have real talk for a minute? This is Brother O'Hanny. We're going to be real. In fact, we realized that, you know, some of us didn't have great fathers. And so when you have a father and you hear your heavenly father, and we know fatherhood, Jesus talked about his heavenly father. That's how we, we, he modeled that. And your father isn't great. It starts to color your perception of who God could be, right? And so we realize some of us, to be frank, we don't have great expectations of each other. One brother said, I come to church, I don't expect anything from anybody. Can I keep it real, brothers? I don't expect, uh, I, don't, I, I expect a word from the bishop. That's decent. The pressure's on bishop. Deliver, bishop, a good word for me. I don't expect friendship. I don't expect food. We, we had to get rid of that with COVID. Someone said, you can't even get a cup of coffee anymore. I don't expect help financially. Someone told me I sit next to people who are praising God for thousands of dollars in grants and loans to travel, and I need $20 for lunch. And he said, it's hard to be poor at PT. That's, that word has rung in my mind. It's hard to be poor at PT. You see, we have low expectations of each other. That's the truth. Who came to church expecting to meet a friend today? Not me. Pastor said yes. I know, Pastor, you're so sweet. You did. I know you did. <laughs> Who came to church saying, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this month. And, I'm, and by the end of service, someone's going to help me figure out how to get through this. And you see, the problem with not having great expectations is that 
as Elder Roy shared, as the scripture said, Tommy was laying it out in that song. I know who I am. We are a chosen generation. We sing all this stuff. We are a chosen generation. Uh, we run around the church. We're dancing. But is it true? Do we really believe it? Or are we coming in with low expectations? Is it true? And so the brothers were talking in the group, and I, and I also, I'm sorry, I'm, I need to honor Brother Jamil. Every time I preach, he's usually with me. And seeing him there just as comforting, I was nervous. And I, so I said, it'll be good, Brother Jamil's right there. Thank you, you and your wife, for being present. He, that is my man. When I preach, I need to see Brother Jamil. And so you see, we're in the position where a church, we come in and I'm going to get, bishop's going to work, I'm going to get something, but I don't have any expectations. And the brothers were talking about this. And we said, how does that impact how we're perceived of each other? How does that impact the community we have? Who wants to come to a church with a bunch of people with low expectations of each other? Not me. And then we wonder why the church doesn't grow. No one wants to see that. Now, you see, the good news is, the good news is God has already seen this before. And in fact, our scripture today is going to address that. You see, he, God, the scripture today, you can put it up, 1 John. We're going to come from 1 John 4, 7. It was written about 100 AD. And it was writing to a church that was about 70 years post-Jesus. And so what happens a few years? Can I have the scripture, please, if it's not the 1 John, the first passage? Um, no? I, I don't have any slides? Okay. Okay. I, so I'm going to, would you pass me the Bible? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey, for letting me know. I appreciate that. Um, the good thing is I chose a verse, a song, that, a, a verse that the scripture many people know anyway. So 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Who knows that? There's a song that says, Beloved, help me, let us love one another. For, for love is from God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He or she that loves not knows not God, for God is love. You see, the church was having a problem getting along. A hundred years post-Jesus, what starts to happen? See, when Jesus was here, what did you expect when you saw around Jesus? Paul, what did you expect when Jesus was around? Miracles. People were coming up from the grave. People were coming up. I was with Jesus and people were being healed. Now I'm with Bishop and my legs still hurt. That's what people are starting to say. And then they start to have arguments. They start to have arguments. They say, you know, um, well, Jesus, was Jesus fully man? And then when he died, how could you kill God? He didn't kill God. The Spirit of God must have left him before he was God. So there's people who said Jesus was never fully, 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 fully God. And there's people who said Jesus was never fully human. And they had an argument in the church. And they were looking at each other cross-eyed. You see, as we move off the focus, these things start to come up. Does that remind you of anyone here today? Any, any church communities today, we're fighting about these things. Some said Apollos was a great preacher. I'm, I'm, I'm of Apollos. Other people said I'm a Paul. And it started to get thick. And guess what happened? Mother Green, we started to argue so much in that church that they started to break fellowship. 
And now the church that believed in Apollos was over here. And the church that believed in Paul was over here. And the church that believed in Jesus, they start to split off. Does that remind you of any one people of God? And so to that verse, so John is writing to that church, and he's saying, here's the solution. You've had these low expectations, and I want to give you a solution for great expectations. And the good thing about not having slides is that this is simple. John said the solution is what? Anyone here? What word do you hear in that first John passage? So much other. Love. So today, we're going to take the next few minutes, and I'm going to share a little bit about love. The solution that God was giving for this. And so it starts with 1 John 4, 7, and the first verse says, Beloved. 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 See, we, we, we have to understand, when we read the Word of God, what the Word of God is saying is, someone was inspired by Spirit and wrote something down. In this case, he wrote it down in Greek. And so we read that Greek, and now we have to figure out what we read the Scripture, we understand what did it mean to them in their context, and what should it mean to us in our context? And then what does the Spirit trying to tell us about the scripture? So in that context, that word beloved, I'll give you a definition. It said someone, it's agapetos. It's someone who is divinely loved. Okay? Divinely loved. What he's trying to interpret is you are divinely loved. It appears four, five, six times in this passage. Beloved. Other translations will see here, dearly loved ones, greatly loved ones. John writes and says, you have to start this. The first step in figuring out this thing about love and getting the church back focused on great expectations is understanding that you are beloved. And so to interpret this in English, what they did to find the word beloved, you see, loved is the past tense of feeling affection for someone. You are loved the affection has been given. Uncle Ike, you are loved. The affection has been given to you. And then they had to add, well, that wasn't sufficient to express divine love. So they had to add B to it. And B means thoroughly, completely, provide for on all sides as a prefix. So you are loved thoroughly, completely, provided for on all sides. That's what John is trying to say. The first step, the reason we, you guys have forgotten what this is about and have these low expectations that you are each beloved by God. And you're supposed to treat each other as beloved of God. People of God, you are beloved. Yesterday, the men had an event. If you were at the men's event yesterday and you were in the house, stand up, please. Thank you very much. Did you notice the extra spice in our service? Do you notice that we're dancing? I have to say, Uncle Ike, I saw you dancing. Do you see Uncle Ike dancing? One of the reasons why we're dancing, thank you, brothers, take your seat. It's because yesterday we spent time reminding ourselves that we are beloved. That we're not just floating. Remind yourself you belong to community. We celebrate each other. You should have seen the speakers. If you were not there, I will get the video out. And it was such a powerful time, and I had some pictures to show you of that event. But instead, since I don't have the pictures, 
I'm going to ask brothers to, if you want to share one thing, 30 seconds of what God spoke to you. If you have something, if God spoke to you, I'm going to take no more than four brothers. Come right up here now. I would love for you to share. What did God speak into your heart yesterday? Thank you, Uncle Cam. Uh, it was already mentioned by someone, uh, our brother Fred spoke about how one becomes complete in giving is learning how to receive. And for men, that's one of our, our faults is we're not willing to admit we need help. Brother Aaron, would you say a word to Brother, come up, Brother Jude, please. No? Yes, you. Yes, you. You see, we are having, starting to have great expectations of each other as men in this church. Good morning, church. Good morning. Paul says, consider it all joy when trials and temptations come, to, come your way. Because it is true that, that your faith is perfected. And yesterday, one of our brothers, Brother Yemi, shared his story. And I just want you to know, I don't know what you're going through now. I don't know what, you went through, what you've gone through in the past or what you're going to go through in the future. But the point is the powerful message that Brother Yemi shared reassures us that he's the God of yesterday, the God of today, and the God of tomorrow. We break bread today for what he did for us on Calvary as we wait for him to come in the future. Thank you, Brother Yemi, for sharing your story. Um, well, it's apropos that I come behind the doctor um, because the point that I want to share is um, the point that um, Dr. Jude double-clicked on. And, and in my um, listening to, I think, you know, being brought up in the church, you always listen to somebody's pastor when you get ready to go to church this morning. And I was listening to another pastor in um, Atlanta, and he was, and the sermon title was Stick a Fork in It. And it completely aligned with Dr. Jew's um, sharing yesterday. And so what he was saying is that 60% of the black church is overweight. And um, Dr. Jew admonished us to make sure our portion sizes, 25% of carbs and eat less meat and, you know, model what Daniel shared with us about increasing our fruits and vegetables and even working out. And so that was something that I needed as I am hitting 40 in the next couple of years. And so I am also enacting that by going to the gym in the morning time at 530 in the morning. And on July 1, I will be modifying my eating and habits. So thank you for that word. I'll take one more. Come on, Leon. While he's coming out, the, I want to say this morning, Brother Roger was at the house. Half the plate, fruits and vegetables, right? Let's help all the brothers. Half the plate is half fruits and vegetables. And how, how many times work out a week? For how long? Four times for how long? 35 minutes. 
Four times 35 minutes, half your plate fruits and vegetables. You can have the cupcake, but balance off for half fruits and vegetables. You can have the steak. Because we can't have great expectations if, 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 you, are, if, if you are sick and in the hospital. Amen. Amen. Yes, I just want to share, um, again, jumping on Brother Yemi, because that message just really hit me very hard. Um, it, it was uh, an example of someone, a man who showed extreme love for his wife and did not get in the way of her purpose and, uh, and, and what God has called her to do and actually set himself, made a commitment and a promise, even if it cost him dearly, so that she could become who God expected her to be. And he was just, the transformation that came about in his life was just really, really, to me, exemplary of what a really good husband, a good man, a good partner is. Oh, what Brother Yemi shared, that he could have taken the shortcuts, but he knew he'd have to testify. You see, we reset the expeditions. Brother Raja, you going to share anything? You know I was going to call you out. No? Okay. Brother Raja Pittman came to be with us from Atlanta for this specific event because he has great expectations. Oh, I want that. You, do you remember the picture of Elder Roy hugging his cousin? You remember that? That's how God wants us. That's how he wants to receive us. That's how we're supposed to receive each other. And that's what we did yesterday. And so we invite you all, men. We have reset the expectation. The theme of our, that yesterday was coming out of the wilderness with great expectations. See, and I don't know what your specific wilderness is. But the first point, as I said, and I want you to hear from these men so you can hear stories of we are, remind each other, we are beloved. People were, I was, I know people were upset about the plate. That's right, Brother Peter. People were upset about <laughs> the vegetables. Jude said, I want the salad gone by the end of the day. And guess what? It was. We put together a beautiful salad. Because love is also challenging. You see, what we expect when we have low expectations is no one's going to say anything to me. Let me cut in, find my place, cut out. The same problems I carry in, I carry out. So the first step is recognize we're beloved. The second step is what happened yesterday. You see, in order to give love differently than you've experienced, you have to first receive love differently. You can't give what you don't have. If you've ever been put out of a church, <laughs> you've had, you know what it is to put out of church. We've been put out of churches. You know, Dr. Regine and I are not quiet. <laughs> we have strong opinions. I honored the leadership team who was arguing with me last night about the name of the men's award. <laughs> Thank you for loving me well and not putting me out. Sister Sanaya, I'm looking at you. Brother Jeffrey, I'm looking at you. Thank you. I honor you guys who work to 1 and 2 a.m. so you can accommodate those who send our slides late. Thank you, people of God, for not putting me out. We love you. We love you. Thank you. I want to make sure I hear that from the media team. Love. Circle one of Brother Henny preaches on the calendar just fast the week before. Just fast. Just fast. Just do it. You'll be fine. 
God trying to help you learn to fast. But what we realized last night was at, at the men's event that a love, when, when you give something, it changes who you are. You see, God's love wants to remind us that we are beloved. And guess what? I'm now supposed to treat my brother, my sister as someone who is beloved. I don't pass on when I was put out the last church. I don't pass on the, 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 the racism, the sexism, the whatever I experienced. I don't pass on. You see, God's love is a reset. But you are sitting here now and you're saying, okay, brother, hey, that's wonderful. How, how do I get loved well sitting here in this pew? You see, it requires each of us to do something like what we're doing last night at the men's event. Get up and love somebody well. But you have to first receive God's love of you. Because when you don't receive it, you will do it without intending to. I intended to love you well. But I wasn't able to. I want to share a story with you. There was a brother in the men's group. As I told you, the men's group is responsible for this sermon. So... Keep, hold them accountable. And um, we prayed for him to, 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 to get through. We prayed for him to get the interview. And he got the interview. And the night before the interview, he sent a text. And this is what I mean about loving people well. See, I am often late. And so when I'm late, I don't expect much because I know I'm coming late. So I got no slides. I sent them late. I'm good. I'll work with it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Don't tell lies. Shame the devil. You know, you, you don't send something at 1 a.m. and expect great results, you know? I sent this before one, but slightly before, just technical. But, so this brother sent a text and said, I have the interview, but I realize I, I don't have any clothes for the interview. And see, you also have to understand that we are not all the same. That that is a real issue. How have you have prayed? It's a miracle. We thank God for the miracle of the job. But no one thought, is, is he, does he know how to dress? Does he have the stuff to go? So we get the text before, and what am I thinking? Oh, as someone who's late, this is what? A burden. Because I have. And I'm not looking at my brother as God's beloved. But, you know, I'm, I'm the head of the men's ministry, right, Sister Jess? I'm in the ministry, so what am I going to do? I, I said, you know, I said, Reggie, maybe I have some. Let me go down to my basement and try and put some things together. I, I'm sure I have some clothes and store, you know, something might fit. Because I'm a person of God and I'm trying to do right. And so I went down there, tried to pull out something. This might load me, but iron it a little bit, you know, put a little starch on it. You know, spray on starch works a miracle. Look like new. <laughs> People don't know about that spray on starch. You, I, spray on starch will get you there. You'll you be crispy. You can't move a lot, but your shirt will just, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Those cheap clothes, you keep starching it. Anyway, anyway. Some of us grew up like that, having to start, you know. That one shirt starts it, yes. Where you said, stay focused. Let me stay focused. The wonder of Spirit Tide. That's the Holy Ghost Spirit Tide. It sprays like the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle on your shirt. Anyway, I need to get a cut of that. I'm advertising here. Um, and so I went to my basement and I got some things. But by the time I got the things and was trying to head over to this brother's house, someone else had already beat me there. 
And you know what that brother had done? That brother had brought designer clothes <laughs> from the shelf, from the Banana Republic, from the Brooks Brothers. I mean, nice clothes. The brother we were talking about was getting compliments on his outfit at the job the first day. You were looking sharp. And I had in my hand, what did I have? What I found in my basement with starch, with the Holy Ghost starch on it. And I realized, ooh, right away, I'm in this wilderness because I don't know how to love people well. It convicted me to my core. It cut me to my heart. And so the point I wanted to share with you that was that we have great expectations of each other. And step up and give each other God's best for them. But I went to the men's group, people of God. See, this is why it's important to be in community. I went to the men's group and gave them the sermon notes, and they said, mm. I'm not going to call out too many, but Uncle Sid sounds like, said, brother, that sounds like it's a lot about you. Is that the point that you're supposed to make there? You see, did you feel convicted because of what you did on your own, or did you feel convicted in relationship to what the other brother did? And another brother said, I'm not going to say who. First one was Sid, second one was Fred Opie. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> that sounds like false masculinity. And I was like, wait, am I, am I preaching the sermon? or are you? Mother Green, they said it sounds like false masculinity. I heard it. I heard someone else say, Cain and Abel. <laughs> Why is my sacrifice not accepted? I said, but Cain, one of them killed the other. I was starting to get very uncomfortable with what, how they were talking about me. Let's tell the truth. But the brother said, and the brother said, let me add something to the story. Because the brothers all talk about are there. And the brother who, who gave the clothes said, let me add to the story. You see, he said, I just, he said, Brother Henry, I, I, I looked and I saw the text and I said, I'm waiting for a job, and I have the clothes lined up. Tags on. See, I have the clothes, but I don't have the job. And this brother has the job, but doesn't have the clothes. I said, he, I have the clothes, but not the job. And this brother has the job, but doesn't have the clothes. And so he took him those designer clothes and said, here you go. For God may have given them to me for you. And here I was thinking I was doing something for the Lord with my leftovers from the basement. Right? I, I, I did feel good about myself. I was going to help this brother late in the night. I had to do this. I had, you know? And these brothers said, Cain and Abel, I brought my sacrifice. Some of us brought, why is mine not acceptable? And you see, false masculinity is when we do things in proportion to what we see other people doing. See, I don't have a big fancy car, so I can't give you a ride. I, 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 don't, I don't make a lot, so I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And what they were reminding me was that God calls us, right, because we see each other as beloved, and we receive the love of God. We give. It's not about how much we have. It's about giving whatever God gave you to give. 
You see, Jesus told a story about the widow's might. He was sitting by the, in the temple and he was watching them give money. And he saw a widow come and give one tiny coin. They said, half a penny. She threw it in. And Jesus said, she's given more than everyone else. You see, uh, the heavenly father who calls you beloved doesn't count like we do. He doesn't look at the size of what you have in portion to what you give. What matters is that you give according to what he's told you. What God tells you. People of God, you are waiting to give based on what you have. I looked at my left. I have this. I had designer stuff. But I didn't feel called to give it until I saw that brother give it. You see, it's not about designer clothes. It's not about giving the top. It's about giving out of whatever God has for you to give. Can you imagine a church that gives like that? I got a bike, but I'll ride you to the train. Other people, I, if you want to jump on my back. As opposed to looking at what I have, then deciding what I can give. You see, a beloved people have received God's love and understand that we give out of what God has given, not what we think we have. And that, people of God, makes all the difference in terms of having low expectations and having high expectations of each other. See, imagine a church in which we are coming in and I am giving. And I'm not just I'm giving, I'm expecting you to give to me. See, the scripture in the first John scripture, it says that, you know, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that we love us. When someone says you need to love, you think I need to love, right? right? I need to love more. Valentine's Day, we go and get a gift because I need to God says in that scripture, through, the, through John, this is love. Not that you love. It's not about what you give. It's about, let, it's about what you receive. Because if you can receive from God fully, if you can receive from God what he has, you will give differently. You will be a different person. You'll operate in great expectations. You'll move in ways that we have not seen. You see, when Brother Woodson took those designer clothes over to, and I looked at Woodson and I said, I know you, I know you, I know you don't have the kind of job I have, but he, but, but I recognized that he was seeing something about the God's heart that I was not seeing. People of God, we are called to be the church of Jesus Christ. And the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to draw people because of this radical giving, this radical love that's happening here. We have an opportunity this Father's Day to not mirror what we've gotten from our heavenly fathers, but mirror what we've gotten from, from our earthly fathers, but mirror what we've gotten from our heavenly father. I want to invite you to change from a church that expects of each other low expectations and move into great expectations. I'll close with this scripture, Romans 12 and 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy 
and acceptable to God. It is a sacrifice. And this morning, I understand that not everyone has the same experience of Father's Day. And that some of us have more challenges with that than others. And so if you, if you are someone who, this Father's Day is hard for you, for whatever reason, I just want us quickly to just take a moment and just pray. And bless those. Let's start with great expectations right now. Let's pray for those who are going to have challenges this Father's Day. People who didn't have a father or remembering the loss of father or going through a difficult time. Would you just close your eyes with me? And if you're a person who has a, a, a difficult memory of Father's Day, difficult experience on this day, and you want to just slip up your hand and, and, just, and, and, and everyone just, just, just pray right now. You, when you slip up your hand, you are showing God that, God, I need you and I need to change you, you to change my expectations. As you are in your seat, just start to pray right now. Father, we pray for everyone who is experiencing hardship this Father's Day whose memory of a father is not one that reflects well of you. Father, we desire that this person, these individuals would receive love. Desire that I would receive your love through this body of Christ and through your spirit. That I would once again be someone who can have great expectations. That what I experienced would not hamper me. We pray over everyone whose hand is up. That you would bless them and send your healing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Would the men of the church stand up, please? If you identify as a man, if you identify as a father, I know many people father. If you identify as someone who's in that role, stand up. Would you extend your hands? And would the people in the pews extend your hands to, to these people standing and bless them and pray great expectations into them. Let's just take just two minutes and just pray great expectations into them. That they would come to a church that would be ready to meet them. That they come to a community of faith that would stand beyond what they have seen. That these would be people who would achieve the fullness of what God has for them. That the world's statistics would not fall on them and mark them, but rather the, the belovedness of God. Father, we come into agreement this morning with your vision of who we are with your expectation of us. We come into your time and your spirit and we just ask, Lord, that you would change our low expectations into great expectations. Where are the men? They are here. Where are the fathers? They are present. Father, rewrite. Rewrite. In each of us, even if you know to go to the DNA level, rewrite the expectation in us. The expectation to receive love. Some of us have never received love in a church well before. 
Give us the expectation to receive love so we can give a love that looks like you. Father, on this Juneteenth, you brought freedom that was unforeseen, unthought about to people who had suffered. You did it. And now we have a holiday to celebrate. How much more would you bring freedom into this house of God? That as the men's group said, we wanted to redefine the expectations of men in our community. We want to come to a church where the love is abounding and flowing. We want to be in a space where expectations of each other exceed what even we can hope or imagine. People come into our space and say, wow, this is a church where I am well loved. So Father, we bless all these folks who are standing to be the men and fathers and to be those of God who you've called them to. Father, level every mountain before them and fill in every valley that they can walk unencumbered towards the vision you have for their life. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And let all God's people say, amen and amen. Thank you. Give God a clap for who he is. How did I do, kids? Okay. I told my son, if we're going too long, just give me the sign. I didn't see the sign, so, you know. At PT, we don't have a closing prayer. We have a closing blessing. And so if you'd extend your hands, I want to bless you now. May the Lord bless you and protect you, look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. And may the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, and side with you as you side with him. And finally, finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. May he remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Happy Father's Day. Celebrate Juneteenth. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel 
so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.